You are listening to an Elktree Publishing Podcast. Our elves have been hard at work in search for meaningful and compelling content, so we hope you enjoy this show. And now, for our feature presentation. Enjoy. Featuring free-spirited conversation to help build a better future for generations to come. This is Elftree Publishing. Good morning, MKE. Good morning, MKE. I'm Joe. I'm Amber. And we are here to entertain you for the next hour. Good morning. Wherever you're at. This is our first official episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. Yeah? Yeah. Whether you're in bed, whether you're out and about yeah. at work already. I know most people are probably, uh, is there traffic out here? Um, I think like 8, you know, 738. It's like but... work, work, like morning traffic. At 6 a.m., 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Well, if you are in the Milwaukee region, which we are, it is 50 degrees out and sunny. Very fall-like weather. Yeah, yeah. And as opposed to, uh, have you been keeping up with the Florida stuff? Yeah. It's like a... The evacuations and all that stuff. Yeah, Cat 4 coming in. Coming in hot. That's, That's why I don't live in the, those areas. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, but it's like, they're like once every how many years? I think the last one that hit... The area where it's going is uh, was like 2018. God, did so. you imagine having to pack your shit up and leave? Like, where do you go? That's annoying. Well, um, they have shelters. Apparently, they have shelters in every county. Mm. But can you imagine what that's like? You go, it's like a cold, like concrete floor. Yeah. With cots. And you have to like take your whole family with your eight kids and shit. Yeah, and you're like, like laying on a cot <clears> next <throat> to some like 80 year old man who's just like, I've seen it all. <laughs> Creepily looking at you. You guys are a bunch of pussies. The only reason. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to cuss on the air, but we'll ask the producers later. They may have to bleep that. Yeah. But no, just think about it. Like if you're that old, you've dealt with hurricanes. Mm-hmm. If, you've, if you're from like Florida or somewhere where you get those, uh, you know, storms, I'm sure there's a lot of years where you ride it out. You're just, I'm going to stay home. I'm not, I'm not going to board my shit up. You right, know? like the badasses, they're like, whatever, this is nothing. This is just a little, you know, drizzle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just making cocktails with all the windows open. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Salt water cocktail isn't bad. It's, it's <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> no, but it, it does make me like wonder, how do you, because think about, I mean, think about like right now, if all of a sudden you had to go buy a bunch of plywood and board up every window of your house, mm-hmm. that's got to be so expensive. All the supplies, you got to buy batteries. Do people water. actually have to buy that or do people provide it? If it's like a. I think it's on you. I really do. I mean, it's kind of the nature of living in that kind of an area is mm-hmm. you. It's just comes with the territory. It's like a, it's like a tornado coming through. You it's know? just crazy though, because it's like the people who can't afford living and they're <clears throat> making ends meet with their house and they can't afford to board up their shit gets there- destroyed. Yeah. Then the rich people, you know, they... They're like, oh, that's my fourth house. I don't give a I'm shit. I'm just going to pay fine. people to come here and put like an entire house on top of my house. Yeah. It's like losing like a, a box. Of- 
it's like losing a box of Kleenex. You're like, ah, I'll just get another one. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. No. And then there's also people that have like, you know, I think it's smart if people have the built-on storm shelters or the storm shades. Mm. They're they're kind of like um, they're like these big like metal slats that come down. And they basically just build like a shield over your window. Like they have to have preventative mm-hmm. things when they, yeah, for yeah. hurricane season. Yeah, I would not want to deal with that. So everybody in Florida, we are feeling for you, even though, um, you know, you should be seasoned by now. Uh, but no, for real, it sucks. And there's going to be a lot of damage, a lot of power outages, mm-hmm. a lot of people's lives uh, fucked up. Mm-hmm. I just cussed again, damn it. Fuck. <laughs> We're allowed. <laughs> Fuck, it is this is a podcast. It's not like we're on the radio or something. Yeah. <clears throat> Yet. 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 This will happen. Yeah. So, so what's, uh, you were just talking about the coffee. What's your favorite kind of morning blend? Ooh. Um, I don't know about necessarily right now, but I do like a good medium roast. Yeah. And I do buy whole bean. Okay. So I here. just, I feel like there's a difference when yeah. you, you know, grind it and then brew it right away and then, you know, the, the grounds that are already prepared for you. Yeah, I bought so I bought this at Outpost, and when I paid for it, the the guy was like, "Do you do you remember the name of the of the the brew?" And I was like, "Oh no," because I just grabbed the little brown yeah. bag and just dumped it in, and I figured they were all kind of the same price. I didn't really think about it. It's been a while since I've done that. I, I typically buy like like the last bag I bought was at this local coffee place down the street, mm-hmm. and they Venture? just bag it. What's or, that? What place was it? Uh, Sherman Sherman Perk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they they sell Collectivo coffee. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I didn't know the the price. I was like, I, I have no idea. And mm-hmm. he was like, Oh, okay. Um, can you go look? <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. I'm like, you can't just smell the bag and no. <laughs> so I went and checked out the price, and then I came back, and he was like, Cool. And he goes, You didn't want this ground? I guess assuming I'm an idiot. You know, because don't. I didn't know the price. And I said, no, I, don't, I grind my own. And he goes, right. good boy. And I was like, what the fuck? He just said good boy to me. That's <laughs> was funny. Like, yeah, it was very strange. And That's I uh, barked like a dog and I got on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, where's my treat? Good boy. <laughs> Thank yes. you. I know my coffee yeah, yeah. is that bad. Yeah, as soon as he said it, my tail started wagging. I couldn't <laughs> help it. It's like something else took over. Like but, he's like, you know your coffee. Yeah. Good boy. <laughs> yeah. I guess... I guess it's kind of a like a a no no to grind your beans and take them home because they go bad a lot quicker. Like there is a ton of places that you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like Trader Joe's has that, and like I don't know another. I think most people but... grind their beans, which it's better when you grind them fresh. I don't know. I think it's most people don't. I don't know. I mean, so I you do, take them whole. But... Yeah, but is there a reason for that? Like, what made you decide I'm just gonna grind them at? myself versus well, like <clears throat> I did have my own coffee roasting company called Arrowwood. That's right. So we did a lot, you know, of whole bean stuff and and research and tasting and everything else. So I just feel like when you work in that, <clears throat> you just kind of automatically get affiliated with the culture and know the beans and taste test everything. And it was when we did have farmers markets, it was just like so much better when it was like grinded there. And people know, like they come and they're like, oh good, they're grinding it. Yeah. Then you put it, then we did pour overs and then we made our own cold brew. So oh, it was just, man. it was different. So do you know how to make a really good cold, cold brew? Yeah, actually. Um, you got to teach me your ways because that's my favorite is cold brew. It's, it's a weird 
process. You know, it's it's interesting because people think it. like cold coffee <laughs> is different than cold brew. Yeah, it's just pour totally pour hot coffee over ice. No, it's not <laughs> no, the it's same. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's That's... totally different. It's the concentration that you have to like put and like sift it through, and you put it in your fridge for like three days, and it sits there, and then you add water. Oh man, yeah, I I don't like to admit this, but. I've had the Starbucks cold brew quite a few times. It's mm-hmm. like my go-to if I'm in a like running around and I have to grab something. It's really consistent. It's freaking delicious. Mm-hmm. And there's like some there's like this taste to it. It's almost like it's almost like a burnt. I don't want to say burnt because that that's like a negative sound. Like people are like burnt. Ew, gross. It's like a it's you taste the roast. It's mm-hmm. like a true. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it's so delicious. I used to hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I worked for Starbucks for four years, uh, almost five years, um, back in like the mid two thousands, and ended up quitting. Thank God, I got to leave that place at oh seven. But who knows these days? I may end up wearing that green apron again. <laughs> Never know with the good benefits. The economy. Right <laughs> well, back then they had great benefits. I, I don't think know how they it still is do. now. I okay. think it's like you only work like ten hours and you get full benefits or something. Oh wow, that's pretty good. But ten, I, if, ten hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> Slaving. Yeah. <laughs> Opening and closing. Mm-hmm. Like you want I, those shiny teeth. <laughs> It depends on like, if you like bitter coffee, like if you like dark roast, then you'll like, you know, most like Starbucks and Caribou, like their cold brew is like bitter. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. What's mm-hmm. so, when you, when you ran this company, what was like the hardest thing about it? Like, I think it's just generally the, the logistics of having a company small, you know, so it, we rented a roaster mm-hmm. and the thing is like, if you that we had to buy our beans and you had to research the beans. Where are the beans from? How do the beans, you know, taste? And they come to you at Cafe Imports. And that's actually the largest worldwide distributor of coffee beans is in Minnesota. Oh, wow. So it was down the street, which is great. Did y'all just go pick it up? We went to get samples. Oh, that's awesome. And (laughs) so obviously they're not, you know, roasted yet, but then we had like a, a popcorn like roast or whatever and we would like roast the small batches and then have like tasting um, parties or whatever and we would say what what does this taste like does it taste like band-aids or <laughs> chocolate or or oh, blood yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are the ones you pull out for Halloween yeah like band-aids and blood mm-hmm. and Ooh, our, that would be a great name for a business band-aids what? and blood oh like for a clinic eh crap maybe not <laughs> maybe it's not like sketchy <laughs> But then we would um, get people's opinions on it, you know? And so then we would put... Our, our main go-to was um, Colombian, was always a big hit. Uh-huh. Um, Ethiopian was always a good hit. Yeah. So we had good ones and our main ones throughout, like, our Brazil was a good batch. So we stuck to those ones. Yeah. And sometimes it was better to use, like... Ethiopian for cold brew because like if it was too it was just too bitter for regular coffee or whatever I don't know but yeah gotcha it was fun but then farmer's market so you roast the beans Thursday batch it up then you have to put it in bags then you got to label the bags then you got to you know you got to get so it's not cheap to do all this I think it's just more like 
the details of stuff that you yeah. don't think about. Then when you're setting up for a farmer's market, you're like, make sure you got to get the tent. Make sure you got to get the table. Yeah. Make sure you got to get all the stuff. Tablecloth, yeah. menu boards. People come and they, they're like wanting your, they're, oh, those ladies, those old ladies will come and be like, where the fuck is my coffee? Yeah. And Dude, stand honestly, in line. It's anytime like time I go to a farmer's market, the first thing I look for is the coffee station. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly. Right, because you enjoy yourself. So when you're in mm-hmm. farmer's market, they come to our first and then they get their donuts and then- Yeah, they and go. you can walk around and sip your coffee exactly. and look at things. Yeah. Yes. Mm, squeeze the, the so oranges and lemons. People would be pissed if there was no coffee. I would be. Yeah, me too. I would I would, I would break stuff, you know? Yeah. Probably get arrested. Be like, why did you do this, sir? Why did you smash this old lady's <laughs> bananas? <laughs> I didn't have my morning coffee. Trust me. And I've got this shirt. Don't talk to me until I have my coffee. I'm like wearing that shirt like a damn Karen. Now I, so, uh, okay, just to back up on the, cause I'm really curious about this, like the coffee roasters, like how much is a roaster to rent? Are those expensive per month? To rent? I'm not sure. It probably depends on who you rent from. Mm-hmm. We got a good hookup. There was, um, I don't know how we got hooked up with the guy, but he had his own coffee roast. Very small little coffee shop was adorable. Mm-hmm. And Sean, we ended up building a relationship with him. And he's like, yeah, every Thursday, go ahead. You know, like, and he was working with other coffee roasting. So he brewed his, or he roasted for other companies locally. Nice. And, um, but if you buy one, they're like 10 grand. Oh my God. So that's expensive. then if you buy one and you have your own, co- like, that's the thing. It's like, then you need to find a place that has this correct ventilation because it's really, really, really stinky yeah. and it gets, you know, and um, then you have to figure out how that goes. So it's like, it's probably really complicated to get your own coffee roasting company with your own roaster. Yeah. And coffee, like, honestly, like even when I worked at Starbucks, the way my clothes would smell mm-hmm. an apron and all that, you have to wash that shit. It's like, burnt. Oh, yeah. It's like a weird burnt, burnt smell. And that's not even roasting. You're not mm-hmm. even roasting in a Starbucks. So I can imagine like, yeah, like roasting beans all day. That's right. Clothes. That's why you need the ventilation because <laughs> it has to go out. And then there's different regulations for per state. Like it needs to be in Minnesota, like a very specific commercialized whatever building. And here you can just get a coffee roaster in your garage probably, and then just sell it, whatever. But it's just it's different. Yeah, man. Would you would you ever go into coffee again as a business? No, but I like the community sense of coffee around it. And so I think I looked at it that way where it was really beautiful to be like, who, if we did, who could we partner with or what could we do with this? You know, and, um, like a a coffee truck would be cool, you know, coffee and donuts. And that was always kind of like what Andrew wanted to do was like coffee and donuts. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with those. There was a place in, uh, when I lived in Los Angeles, there was a spot down the street from me. And they had a genius, uh, like mo- business model. They they had a brick and mortar storefront. Mm-hmm. It was super tiny, very easy, but they could literally wheel their bar around. So they would pack it up and they would take it to events. So they would take their espresso machines. I don't think I think they would roast there. They kept all the mm-hmm. roaster stuff, you know, stationary. But they would they sent teams out to different parties. They were they were constantly on their social media posting, like they'd be at some like mansion up in the Hollywood Hills yeah. who's doing an open house and they would be set up in the That's front. That's so cool. Yeah, just like, but they were, I mean, they blew up. They were at all the farmer's markets. They mm-hmm. opened, I think they've got two locations now. Um, 
but it's just like this small family that yeah. that ran it. They just kind of knew how to mm-hmm. make themselves mobile, and it was kind of taking that food truck idea and making that your coffee yeah. thing, where you can take all your equipment out. They would wheel it out on. Sometimes they would wheel it out into the uh, onto the sidewalk and set up just to get yeah. people. We thought about doing that actually in the Twin Cities. Like we were like, imagine all like the huge, massive office buildings that yeah. they're like. Oh, cool. Like I can just pay for this on the way and then just like set it up like a coffee bar. Like, and then even afternoon, like people want coffee in the afternoon, like a little pick me up, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Especially if it's like an, if you've got ice drinks, Mm -hmm. you know, in the summer. Yeah. I know here it was just like, people do not really want cold brew at farmer's markets when it's freezing. (laughs) Yeah. I I typically don't drink cold brew. Right. Well, that's the other thing too, is I, you know, now being here, well, I take that back. I, I was drinking cold brew throughout the winter. I'm like thinking, yeah. well, I if got, you like I'll, it, you like it. Yeah, I freaking love it. Um, so, like, if you if you were to ever start your own business again, that's like anything you could do, anything you want in life, not just coffee, whatever. What would it be? What would be your next venture? My next venture. It would be creating an app. Yeah. Yep. And it it would be so, I work, I've had many years of working with um, uh, the people with disabilities Mm -hmm. population, kids and adults. And I know that working in the families and um, when their kid with disabilities ends up graduating high school at 18 or 21 or whatever, then it's just kind of like hard. What do they do? Where do they go? Where do they work? And so I would create an app where it'd be like networking for adults with disabilities of kind of like Indeed. And so you kind of- I don't know what Indeed is. Indeed's like where- I know the term, Indeed. Indeed. It's (laughs) like if you want to find a job, you you go online and you create a profile. Okay. And you upload, you know, your resume and stuff like that. And then you kind of see like- under the thing like, do I work in agriculture, this, that, medical field, what kind of thing? And then you go through and there's all these jobs that post. Okay, interesting. Nice. So it would be that for specifically only people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And they would talk about like, here's what we're looking for. Here's like what they would have to do and have to be specific because people with disabilities, you know, there's such a spectrum of that. Right. So if they have a wheelchair, is a wheelchair accessible? It's Accessible. It can, it can be. <laughs> accessible. Depends on how you use it. Exactly. <laughs> what kind of job is this? <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> anyway, so it would be a platform for, you know, people to look in and see where does where does my kid kind of fit. And it'd be kind of more fun because it'd be like locally here. And then it would, if you set up a profile and then people reach out to you and then they would set up an interview and see if it would be a good fit. Yeah. Gotcha. Cause I just don't Interesting. think that that is necessarily really out there. There's agencies where I think that they, <clears throat> people with disabilities go to, and then, then they find jobs for them. Right. Right. But like a lot of parents don't have that knowledge or understanding of what that where it is or if there is something like that. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, is there an app for that? And like promoting that, it'd be like, indeed, but for people with disabilities. That's cool. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, you're almost talking about like the job placement thing, like my stepbrother's in with uh, the Project Search, where they mm-hmm. post high school, they'll take people that have, you know, it's a, it is a wide spectrum of people that have learning disabilities or social skills or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they kind of go into these programs where... 
I mean, be, I mean, who in general really knows what the hell they want to do when you're 18 right. years old, right? Mm-hmm. But especially if you've got some sort of, you know, learning disability or whatever, you're. It's a place where you can kind of go in, learn a bunch of stuff about yourself, about how to, you know, socialize with other people. Because mm-hmm. honestly, it's like I get anxiety even thinking of getting a job, you know. Because right now I'm kind of like, all right, maybe I should. I need to get a part-timer somewhere and do something here in Milwaukee. I've been looking around and I'm just kind of like, oh my God, my anxiety level Mm -hmm. starts to rise because I'm thinking of like going into a place and being around strangers I don't know, which is exciting too. It's like the first day of school when you go to a new school or something. So you don't know anybody. You're kind of like, here we go. You know, I'm always really scary for a new job. You know, what if I'm not good at this? What if this? What if that? What if, what if there's mean bosses? You know, like people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's scary. Yeah, and the other weird thing too is like the older I get, I, I look at life and go, man, like I've I've been through a lot of stuff. I've done a lot of things. It's like when you're younger, you don't really have a lot of life experience. So you're just kind of like walking through doors mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll just I'll just do that. I'll try that, you know? Mm-hmm. And the older I get, the more I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that kind of a job. I won't do that anymore. Right. I've done that. Oh, I've worked totally. a warehouse. I've done this. I've done, you know, yeah. if I worked like, I don't mind warehouse gigs. I would do a warehouse gig, but it would have to be like, no one's bothering me. I just have tasks and, right. and, and, and there's no toxic fumes. I don't want to be around toxic fumes, you know? It'd I'm, be just like kind of mundane, like going in and just focusing on the job and like not having external stresses. Yes. Like yeah. my, my favorite job I ever had, even though it was hot as hell, was I worked for this place called Margarita Man. And it was this guy, it was out in Texas. It was right um, right after high, or one summer after high school or something like that. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but um, it was this guy that had his own company. He had this badass, like huge garage built onto his property. It was a separate thing. And there was this massive tank that they would fill with uh, vegetable or what's that? Corn oil okay. or, or, or the, what's the sweet stuff that people put in everything basically? Uh... It's really terrible for you. I think it's, is it con- corn oil? Canola oil? It's sweet. It's, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever. But it's, so yeah. that was basically the base product for this margarita mix. Mm. And mm-hmm. then there was a big mixer that was like the stainless steel tank with a ladder. I had to climb up there, but I would have to put all the chemicals in there. And looking back, dude, I would be breathing in some of these bags. I would chemicals, be dumping in there. Yeah. And it was like, it was so potent and harsh. Like it would burn my throat. I'd be like, oh. Did you no. have to wear like gear and shit? Like, no. Oh my God. no. We had like a what, like a big shop fan that would like blow through the garage door, <laughs> but it was just me by myself. So mm-hmm. when I would go there, um, I would show up at a certain time. The door would be open. The owner, he was just he lived on the property too, but in a separate house, mm-hmm. and he would just open the garage in the morning. So whenever I'd get there, I would walk in, and it would be a blank pallet on the ground, and I would have to fill that pallet like. 10 boxes high. Uh-huh. So the first thing I would do is I would have to go in, make the mixture. So while the mixture is being made, I would, I would make that whole concoction based on the formula. And then I would go over to the labelers and I would take all the, they had boxes full of bottles and then I would take all the bottles out and I would have to label them on this little machine. Mm. So I was labeling every single bottle uh, with stickers, pack, even the boxes mm-hmm. and everything. And then I would line up on this conveyor belt, all the bottles, and then I would just start the process. It had like maybe maybe 20 nozzles mm-hmm. and I would line them all up with a stopper. And then I would just hit this button and just 
It was kind of fun for you. It felt, I loved it. Yeah. It was just brainless. I would listen to music. I'd Mm -hmm. put music on in my headphones or on the radio. And um, yeah, and my job was basically I don't leave until I get all these, this one pallet filled. And then I would saran wrap the entire thing so the forklift could come and grab it. But it was one of the biggest uh, margarita mix companies, Mm -hmm. I think, in Texas. For some reason, I I had no idea about that until later. But um, I loved that job. That job was... I never had to talk to anybody. Yeah. Um, the only time I would talk to somebody is if they came to fill up the tank full of, you know, corn mm-hmm. oil or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I'm just, I just think about, you know, back to getting a job. It's, it is stressful. It's mm-hmm. scary. And I feel like, especially if you've got social, mm-hmm. socializing issues, it's terrifying to, to step into a new environment. And all of a sudden you're like, you're talking to, you know, Mm-hmm. James, or, you know, yeah. or Ken, whatever, and and that person's got a super strong personality, and now you're like, oh my god, this guy's kind of a dick, and you got to mm-hmm. figure out how to interact with that type of a person, mm-hmm. you know. And I've never really had that kind of an issue, but um, I get along with everybody pretty much. But disagree. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we like fight all the time. You know? <laughs> but like, I think that's what that's why it would be cool to create such a spectrum, an app that would be like, what are my gifts and talents? Mm-hmm. You know, where do I belong? I mean, I worked at the Waukesha Training Center, which is this, this huge warehouse where people with disabilities only work. And basically it's like, they set you up with, here's some jobs and I'll teach you how to do it and stuff like that. But it's like, that's it. Yeah. They sit at tables and they like count screws and put them in a baggie or whatever. But it's like, what if they want to do that? What if they do want to like serve coffee? What if they do want right. to like do be in the restaurant business? What mm-hmm. if they do, you know, want to learn about a different thing that they'd be super good at? I just think it would like open up that spectrum of like, and it'd be like, hey, people, like, it's not that hard to wipe down tables and you you could employ somebody to do this at right. a bar and they would have fun and interact with people and like have that, you know, experience like everybody else. Yeah. And it seems, but it seems like a, a lot of businesses, they're wanting people to wear multiple hats. So if you're going to, I mean, I guess you can do bus work, mm-hmm. but, or dishes and stuff like that. But it's almost like, cause I was thinking when you were saying that, like how, how is that if you're a business owner and say there is someone that's got a severe mental disability and they want to be a, a barista? Yes, you could train them, but what is it? What are the safety factors of that of, of a as a business owner? If someone does come in and they're like, "Okay, I'm going to give this person a shot," because I know a lot of businesses are like, "I don't even want to deal with this. I can't deal with." holding someone's hand through this process. I just need someone mm-hmm. who can come in, work, get paid, do well, their job. I mean, you know? realistically, that's what the interview process would be about. That's what be the, the app would be about. If And you have to be realistic and here's what you know you have to do and here's what you can't do, just like any other person. And also linking, I guess, compassionate businesses with through that app, like people that are like, oh no, we're totally open to training people and, mm-hmm. and helping elevate people's uh, ability skills, right. you know? Right. That's cool. It's... The concept of integration to me is really powerful. And because I do think it's so segregated and, you know, marginalized communities, especially people with disabilities are forgotten. So I think that would be like a a way to create integration of people with disabilities with with everybody else and have that opportunity. What would you name the app? I don't know. Got to come up with a good name for that. I know. I do think about that. But yeah, that would be my... 
My whole other thing. That's cool. Nice. So, okay. So I did want to pull up a couple things. I pulled up some articles that were interesting. Okay. I just kind of wanted to pick your brain on them. It's just porn. (laughs) (laughs) Big dick. Porn. Oh my God. That really is porn. Okay. So this one's a little more of an intense one. (laughs) (laughs) Just hardcore. Okay. Ow. Ow. So I saw this article. United Nations food chief urges warns of chaos, hell, and widespread food shortage next year. The world is facing a perfect storm on top of a perfect storm. So this is the United the UN, which I'm I'm not a huge personally, I just don't trust leagues of like elitist mm-hmm. owned organizations at the top, uh, necessarily, but this guy who is one of the top food chiefs at the United Nations, uh, he's basically saying uh, he's urging the public to prepare for famine and widespread food shortage next year amid a severe fertilizer supply shortage. The pandemic, climate problems, and the Russian-Ukrainian war and inflation are crippling production of the global food supply production. World Food Program Director David Beasley. To, oh, my God. I know a David Beasley, a Dave Beasley. It, I call him Dave. Mm-hmm. Except instead of an S, he's got a Z in his name. Nice. He's a producer anyway. Shout out, Dave. <laughs> Shout out, Beasley. Not the same guy. Not the same guy. <laughs> so he's quoted saying, it's a perfect storm on top of a perfect storm. And with the fertilizer crisis we're facing right now with droughts, we're facing a food pricing problem in 2022. This created havoc around this. If we don't get on top of this quickly, and I don't mean next year, I mean this year, you will have a food availability problem in 2023 and it's going to be hell. Okay. What the hell? So like this is worldwide. Worldwide. Okay. And there's a lot of like factories and stuff that have burned down over the last couple of years. Do you feel like... Is this new? Is this a new statement, a new thing that is out? Or has this ever been repeated before that there was ever been a famine, you know, prediction and then nothing happens? Well, this this article came out yesterday or today, actually. Um, But this is okay. So, yes, there have been famines in history, Mm -hmm. but this is pertaining to specifically the pandemic supply chain issues that we're experiencing right now. I mean, you know talking to my stepdad about, you know, he works on house remodels and stuff like that. And just generally in, in because of the pandemic for someone to do like a renovation in their house, it's like skyrocketed. It's not the same price it was pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of created this domino effect. And on top of that, there's a lot of uh, food processing disasters that have happened. And pe- there's a lot of people that believe it's like, by design, there's people going mm-hmm. in and actually destroying these facilities on mm-hmm. purpose to create this situation yeah. we're in. But anyway, whether that's true or not, who knows? But the UN is basically saying next year is going to be hell on food shortages and stuff like that. Do you ever think about those kinds of things? Like, I, because to me, I'm like, I've never, I don't think I, we've ever been alive for something like this to this degree where it's like, oh shit. I mean, I'm seeing. A lot of what I, you know, never paid attention to when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know, I'm now watching, okay, yeah, we went through a pandemic or whatever you think that was, that situation that 
really stopped the entire world, made everyone, forced everyone to basically shut their businesses down. And now that wave of repercussion is now about to hit us. It wasn't in 21 because 21 was people still working, but they fired a bunch of people. And then 22 is now everyone's starting to feel the pressure, inflation. It's bad. It, it is It is bad. Um, you know, we were just talking about energy bills and stuff mm-hmm. and, and, and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember paying this much money for an electric bill. Like, So when you see these things. It's just the news. Right. You know, it's one of those things where I think about like. How, how does that make you feel like? And then people react differently to it, right? I mean, obviously, everybody is contextually in a different lifestyle, different mentality. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody could look at this and be like, yeah, that's fucking bullshit. Like, yeah. they always say shit like that just to scare people yeah, or David whatever, Beasley, whatever. Fucking and, liar. you know, everybody's going to go and get like canned food and shit and it's going to be a fucking the apocalypse and you better get water and save up, you know, and get gas. And like, I feel like this could create panic and like fear mongering well right well that's the thing though is i you know the one okay so for me i absolutely think there is something going on with the supply chain that's being done on purpose so mm. i do believe you know mm. the the largest natural food uh facility out in europe just went up in flames like these things are happening like there's a lot of them that have burned down literally in the last several months. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very strange because I don't ever remember people reporting on these things until the last mm-hmm. couple months where it's like, oh my gosh, this production facility just burned down. Oh, this one over here mm-hmm. in, in Idaho burned down. People are literally seeing all of these things happening. And it's like, these are major um, chains that basically keep, the f- keep food on people's mm-hmm. shelves. You know, when you go to the grocery store, like recently when I've gone to these stores, you see a lot of empty shelves. There's a lot of stuff missing. And not mm. it's not like it used to be where you go into the grocery and maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But uh I mean, and now it's all, you know, mostly processed foods on the shelves. But I'm seeing physically, like when I went to Meyer to shop, their their organic section is pathetic, honestly. It's really pathetic. Mm. And you would think I mean, they're going to have a massive, why would they not have a big section of, of produce everywhere? Mm-hmm. And it's very limited. And so I'm, I'm kind of starting to see as I go to these different places mm-hmm. it, and it's correlating to me based on what I'm seeing reported. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, hmm, mm-hmm. food shortages, blah, blah, blah. Because it's like even in the pandemic, remember when, when everyone was like, get your toilet paper mm-hmm. and everyone started freaking out and buying up too much goddamn toilet paper because that's like the most important thing is people wiping their asses. That's the most bizarre thing anyway. I just pooped outside, but... I know. I used my bidet. <laughs> my garden hose. <laughs> just spray your ass. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, I I don't know. Like, yes, this is food mongering. Well, like a uh, food mongering, fear mongering. When I see these articles, first of all, I don't... David Beasley from the UN, I don't trust anybody working for the UN. That's my personal thing that I have. You know, so do you do you feel like you trust this article based on the experience of what you're what you're saying is I kind of see this happening based on my own experience. I see it happening based on my own experience, but I also see when I see reports like this that yeah. it's almost like this they are they are preparing people's mentality to what is coming for next year, which I think is going to be really bad. I really do. I'm hoping and, you know, 
putting all my positive mind thoughts and prayers towards like this not happening because it's going to be really bad if it does. Like if there's major food shortages, I mean, we saw what happened with the freaking toilet paper. People were crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. like when people were stocking up for the pandemic, it it was crazy in LA. At least when I was out there, I was like, dude, this is sketchy. The way people behave in um, these kinds of situations and it wasn't even necessarily about food. It wasn't really food, a lack of food. It was more of like toilet paper was the specific thing out in California, at least. It was here too. And water. Water was a big one. Mm. And yeah. that, I mean, that's another thing is, that, you know, I've been watching all this hurricane coverage. Like I turned it on this morning because I wanted to see what's going on. And, you know, they're telling people like, if you're, if you haven't gotten out by now, you need, it's time to hunker down, mm-hmm. fill your bathtub up have your flashlights if you're staying yeah otherwise you evacuate yeah yes and Mm -hmm. and because power's going to go out Mm -hmm. they say when a cat four hits your power's going out there's no Mm -hmm. getting around that you know um so you could be a week without any water Mm -hmm. running water so you have to fill your tubs up and then you got to boil that water in the tub Mm -hmm. hopefully you siphon out all the pubes (laughs) can you imagine you're just like drinking tea this isn't so bad. And then you have a pube in your mouth. And you're like, but you're like, well, I do need to take a bath though. So, <laughs> <laughs> but we can't waste the water. It just like makes your tea a little more potent. <laughs> you're going like, oh, I forgot to floss today. <laughs> it's like after a week, you take your first bath and you're like, <laughs> and then you reminisce. You, you like two years later, you're like, man, I still don't think I've ever had as good a cup of tea. Is when I use my my murky bath. No, water. but ever since then you have pubic tea. <laughs> <laughs> you can't live without it. Just like the cold brew, you're like <laughs> letting it sit for like three days. It's like on the brew. side, like it's like <sighs> you have <laughs> instead of like um, your uh, herbs. It's yeah. your you have your <laughs> sprinkle it in. Yeah, but you got to use like you know when you have like a tea bag, you've got the little mesh, you know. <laughs> Use the little mesh cage thing or whatever it is. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> if that's you out there, hit us up. We want to hear about your... Uh, 10,000 calls come in. Yeah, murky tea water. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you like taking baths? Yeah, I love taking baths. Oh, I need to get a drain. So I, when I moved into this place, it doesn't have an actual uh-huh. plug. Mm-hmm. So I need to buy a little plug. So I can take a bath, but I love baths too. I love, especially this time of year mm-hmm. and in winter, my body craves it. I come mm-hmm. home, I'm like, oh, I just went in the hot bath and- Your bones are cold. Yeah. Get mm-hmm. my Epsom salt in there and chillax. Okay. So predictions for the winter. Mm. Do you think it's going to be a harsh winter? Based on the way the climate's changing right now here mm-hmm. in Milwaukee. I wish there was like a winter Groundhog's Day, you know? like, <laughs> like a- <laughs> But it'd be like- a different animal or something. Yeah, what would be the animal out, out here? <laughs> <laughs> like a squirrel? <laughs> Does he eat the nuts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He always eats the nuts, but yeah. It'd be like a squirrel crawling out of his tree and he like climbs down the tree and like picks up the nut. Yeah. And he like puts it to his lips and he's like... <laughs> Does he lick the nut or not? Or does he poop or not? Yeah. One of the predictions. Yeah, and if he bites into the nut... It's going to be a really crazy winter. <laughs> if he doesn't bite the nut, mm-hmm. oh, summer extended. Mm-hmm. Do you think, do you think, cause you've, you're from here. Like you lived your whole life growing up here. Yeah. 
based on, is this just typical right now into September kind of weather? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, yeah, growing up, you have to think about things like, what do I remember? You Mm -hmm. know, of like fall. Well, I do remember um, when I went trick-or-treating every year as a kid. And sometimes it'd be like, okay, I got to dress up and I got to put on my starter jacket because it's blizzarding outside. Mm. And then sometimes it'd be like 90 degrees and I'd be like, oh, sweet. And you can run around and you don't have to, have, like, you know what I mean? It's so, it's different. Yeah. Oh. It's unpredictable. That's a thing. But up until a certain point, right? Because we're kind of in that overlap zone where it's like September, October, but by November, it's cold. It's getting cold. There's no escaping. <laughs> is your perception of cold, but yeah. Well, my perception of cold is like, you know, when you can see your breath. My perception of cold is living in Minnesota and it's below 42. That's disgusting. It's it's, it's bitey cold. How do you, how do people, how do you cope with that? Like every morning when you, when you're going out and. It's one of those things where you just do what you got to do. You do it. You get up, you have to do it. <laughs> it's, you know, and then sometimes, you know, they have to close down schools because it's too cold because you can't be outside for more than 20 minutes. Speaking of that, uh, New York announced this year or the, uh, like a week ago, they're like, we're no longer doing snow days. We're now doing it over Zoom. <laughs> Bunch of assholes, right? I know. Snow days were the best I growing know. Up. What the fuck? They're like, oh, the pandemic. Now everyone's learned how to. Ew. Know, it's. It, it is ew. God, give kids a fucking break. I agree. Let them enjoy. Like, get their fucking sleds out. I know there's going to be a ton of parents that are like, we're taking a snow day. You're not going to be at school. I hope they do. You're not going to get on the computer. Like, that's honestly freaking awful. Mm-hmm. When you really think about it, they're like, if you're not in this classroom, you're on a computer tapping mm-hmm. into. It's like, just take a day off. Take two mm-hmm. days off. I know. Oh, I feel they, like kids are being just... It is annoying though, because if there's snow days and there's things like that, they have to add it to the end of the year. Yeah. And so like, that's probably why they're like, well, we want to have a you know longer summer. I guess it can have more uh, consistent regulation over the schedule, but still it's like, that's part of the fun. That's part of being in life. It's like things are unpredictable in life, right? And all of a sudden yeah. when you have control over mother nature by way of like, you know, oh, it doesn't matter if it's snowing or there's fire outside your house. You can get yeah. on the damn computer. Right. Or like, gosh, create a like happy medium. Like, hey, it's snow day, but just report in, look at the schedule, you know, write a few sentences or do a, ma- a little math thing and then you can call it done. Yeah. Or even like, like do it in between. Yeah. Snow day. Make it about this is what I think they should do. This is what I think schools should do. They should encourage kids to write to be writers, like to, to blog, you know, and have mm-hmm. like a school server blog. It doesn't have to be broadcast to the world kind of a thing, but like, say there's a snow day, you say, okay, your only assignment is tell us about your snow day. Oh yeah. I like that. And so take photos. What did you do? Some mm-hmm. people go out and s- play in the snow. Some people just stay inside next mm-hmm. to the fire, drink cocoa and watch movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what did you do? Some, some kids make art, mm-hmm. some kids make music. Um, I feel like it'd be a way better way to see the diversity of your students mm-hmm. by letting them submit what they do when they don't have to be in the goddamn school. I'd freaking sit on my ass and eat fucking treats and shit. 
Yeah, and then too. I would lie about it. I would be like, I was so productive today. <laughs> I cleaned my room. I helped my mom with the dishes. You're like and... eating a candy bar, taking a picture of your like Nikes, like about to take a run. <laughs> In the fucking blizzard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would totally lie about it. Yeah. But I'd sit on my ass and get fat and just like watch I mean, cartoons and that's... Mr. Rogers or something like that. You know, oh, you can't go wrong with Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Have you ever watched any old Mr. Rogers? Yeah. Like that guy was. He was hot. That guy was awake and aware of some shit because he was always like challenging the system. He was. He was. I know. I know. Authoritarians are trying to get us all. Taking off his little sweater, putting on his shoes. Did He's like, never that? mind that gun in the corner of my. Oh, did you ever see? He has see- like a shotgun in his little closet. Did you ever see the black SNL skit of the gentrifying like no. black? Mr. Rogers. <laughs> no. It's funny. You should look at it. So it's just like a parody? It, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, hey, kids. I, I don't know. And there's like boarded up shit. And it's it's really funny. Nice. <laughs> I love All Mr. the hipsters Rogers. moved in. And uh, now my rent is off the roof. And I can't. <laughs> and the <laughs> people knock on the door. And they're like, have you seen um, a TV got stolen? And he's like, fuck no. Get you. Yes. So we've got a live call coming in. Gigi. Hi. I'm sitting here with Amber. Oh, where are you? We are in the studio. We're uh, doing a pilot episode of our morning show. Oh. Welcome back to Milwaukee. Oh, are you? Yes, I am. Well, you'll have to just hop on inside this conversation when you get over here. I might have to. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Cool. Well, yeah, we're just chilling. We're about 40 minutes in, 45 uh-huh. minutes in, and we're going to go just okay. an hour. So. Oh, nice. Well, I am on the east side. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I should be there in like maybe 10 minutes. Cool. Well, we will see you soon. All right. Yeah, let, let, uh, let yourself in. Okay. All, All right. right. Bye. Bye. That's Gigi, y'all. Well, there she is. Gail Trudeau. Gail Trudeau. Trudeau. She, she texted me earlier. Hey, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Love that woman. Yeah, she was just in Texas because uh, my sister was in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So she was down there taking care of her kids Aww. and then running around Texas doing her little visits with all her friends mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The roundabout. The roundabout. The roundabout. The roundabout. The roundabout. <laughs> okay. So you said you had some questions that you wanted to ask for this morning show. Or did you not? Didn't you say you had some things? Because we we're like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? I don't Which remember. We've already filled 40 plus minutes. Oh, I don't know. I was just kind of like brainstorming the other day and I was sitting on my um, my little patio area that I have. And I, I live right behind uh, DSHA, this high school. Nice. Old girls. And they were playing a kickball game oh. and it was so intense and it was looked so fun. Like they were so cute. I think it was like teachers against students and they were just like going fucking crazy. <laughs> and I'm watching that just thinking, God. If I could go back. I know. You weren't heckling them from the, no. from the porch? Yeah. I mean, I was showing my boobs and stuff. But like, <laughs> other than that. 
cops are showing up. You're like, I'm, I'm like, on my property. I'm on my property. This is my property line. They're like, ma'am, we understand that, but you're freaking out the kids. <laughs> Let's just say you're distracting the pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is for the teachers. <laughs> Freak. So anyway, I was sitting there and I was thinking, God, I loved kickball. Yeah, kickball was so fun. And I loved just like playing sports. And so With the I was big like, red rubber balls. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? I was so bomb at, at kickball. And tetherball was my absolute favorite. I, I sucked loved. at tetherball. Oh, I hated tetherball. so ball. good. I was bomb. Anyway, I was like, I'm curious. What's Joe's favorite? You know, past Dodgeball was my favorite mm-hmm. sport. Like, well, you were good at PE. it. I don't know if I was good at it. I definitely had my fair share of getting hit in the face and like <laughs> getting out, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel like I, can, I was a contender, you know? Yeah. I was one of the kids that would run up to the line and slide and oh, grab the did? ball and be like, right. bitch, you wanted that? <laughs> Gotta be faster, motherfucker. <laughs> Take yeah. him like with boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always that one like really <laughs> large child <laughs> that has like an arm of a freaking, you know, in a MLB pitcher uh-huh. hitting you in the face. But I, I, I don't know. I, I love dodgeball because it was a game where you really you had to stay focused because if you mm-hmm. were not focused, that shit would hit you in the face. Oh yeah. And you got to catch. D- yeah. You, gotta, you know? Yeah. So then uh, you went to jail, you'd be so disappointed. Like, Oh shit. I know. Oh, that's please what it was called. Somebody, You're right. Yeah. Please somebody catch it so I can go back. Yeah. In. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then like the coach would be like, okay, almost everybody's out. Everyone in. Like <laughs> what? Wait, nobody won. Yeah. Nobody yeah. won. Now I love dodgeball and kickball was a big one. I did like, uh, remember the field days? Yeah. When everybody was out in the field and they had all these little activities set up. Uh-huh. I love those. Usually like the fun. end of the year party with your, yeah. Mm-hmm. Flag football was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did like flag football. Yeah. But I mean, overall, I wasn't like a huge PE fan. Mm-hmm. I always, I, I kind of loathed PE because it was the time of day where you're like, Oh, now I got to go into the gym. You got to change in your PE clothes, mm-hmm, which always stunk. It smelled <laughs> so bad in the locker room and all that. <laughs> and then the kids would use their brute, <laughs> their underarm spray. Oh, I was going to say they didn't use a man bot or whatever. Yeah, no. Well, I think like when I was real, like when I was in middle school, this would have been in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So kids were using, I guess it was brute. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was freaking disgusting. <laughs> it smelled so bad and it would literally fog up the whole bathroom. Oh, so I, my whole thing would be like putting on my clothes as quick uh-huh. as possible to get the Getting hell out. out. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody's clothes smelled like brute because oh. it would just, they would spray, little kids would put their shit in the locker, spray their sweaty clothes. Oh my God. And then shut the locker and they would go back to it the next day. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Animals. Along with their BO and crotch smell. Animals. <laughs> and then you're like in school the rest of the day, like, oh God, you could just smell it permeating in the holes when you're walking. I hated it. I hated I it. I didn't have that problem. I don't know. I just, I didn't mind it. I loved pee. Pee or PE? Physical oh. education. I loved pee. I love pee. <laughs> Taking a big old P-E-E. piss. P-E-E. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I didn't like it because I, I just felt like, I felt like it was such a, like a ego moment of school where everyone mm. was sizing each other up on sports and stuff like that. It was still fun, but it was just mm. like, it was that side of school that 
was the ego side. Everybody's demon would come out. But that's like the funny shit about it though. It's like you that's roll true. your eyes at people like, give me a break. This yeah. doesn't fucking, like, <laughs> nobody failed at gym. Oh, well, maybe some people, but like, some honestly, if you take it too seriously, I was rolling my eyes in the bath. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. <laughs> the Especially worst when they had to do like the, you know, like the exercises where they like time you and shit. Oh yeah. They're like, okay, everybody do a mile. You're like, what yeah. the fuck? Or like the ones that you go back and forth or whatever. I don't remember what those are called, but I'm oh. Like, give me uh, a break. Not burpees. Um, yeah, you would have to go to like to the like in the basketball gym. Yes, right? and they you would be the, like, and then, yes, and then back and forth. You you basically run to like the the free throw line, then yeah. back, then you right. run back to the like the half. Yeah, until court. you like die, and then, yeah. and then you're done. But they yeah. like nobody fucking cares. Honestly, I feel like those are good things for kids though, because I feel like. I, I do feel like calisthenics or whatever athletics yeah. is really good for kids to be doing mm -hmm. because I feel like everything's sedentary now. Everyone's on a screen. Everyone's just laying around watching TV now. And unless you're involved in sports, I think most kids are just like laying around, not really doing yeah. anything. I guess that's like one of those things where it's like it really will challenge the spectrum of kids of feeling insecure or s super insecure about physical stuff, doing exercises, and then people who are naturally just like always in sports. Yeah. Yep. So obviously there's like going to be the in-between. Like me, I was like, whatever, I don't really care. But Were I'll you fun in sports at all in, in high school? I was. I was in volleyball and Ooh. track. How are you? Were you good? Yeah, I was outside hitter for volleyball. Nice. And then track, I was kind of all over the place. It was just fun. So wait, outside hitter, what specific placement is that? That's on the left side, front, and you're constantly hitting. Okay, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you're up on the net, basically. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's pressure. That's a pressure gig. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Did you, so did you guys win any championships? No, or? we sucked. Oh. Well. <laughs> but it was fun. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys actually ever compete? Yeah. I mean, what do you mean? Like, like schools? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. It was fun. I love being on team stuff. Yeah. And then... Um, when I was older, I never played baseball or, or anything like that. And then when I was older, I started going on a beer league in softball. Oh, that's fun. And that was so, so much fun. And a beer league is basically you just drink beer and have fun, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it was in Minnesota. It's called the CDC or whatever. And it was like a pretty- like the, uh, Centers for Disease yeah. Control? Yeah. Oh. No, but it was a competitive co-ed league. And okay. there was like- big fucking dudes would come up and I'm like playing second, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die because it's competitive. Yeah. And I mean, it's I embarrassing. You go up and everyone's watching you. Like if you biff it and you don't hit it. Yeah. It's like so disappointing when you go back to the bench. You're like sweating. You just <laughs> chug a beer. You're like, God, it's it's been crazy out there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but everyone's drunk, so it's okay. But I learned in that, like I learned actually how to be pretty good at it. And it was crazy as an adult that I'm like, you can actually still continue to be like growing in your skills and shit. Yeah. 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 I feel like it, I feel like there's something really badass about playing sports with mixed genders, mm -hmm. especially like, I mean, in school, I don't think 
boys should be on girls teams, girls should be on, but that's my personal belief because mm-hmm. I just think it's a different, those are different realms. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of integrated sports and I think right. there should be separate leagues like that. So I do think there should be sports leagues in school like where mm-hmm. there is a intermixed league. Co-ed league, boy, yeah. yeah. And that's students choosing to be in those co-ed leagues. I think that would be interesting. That'd be hard. I mean, like, so I play in co-ed leagues in, uh, in Milwaukee area here for volleyball. And there's, you know, there's a rule too. So it's three boys and three girls Mm -hmm. that have to be on it. And there's rules where it's like not no more than one hit. A girl has to hit it over. Oh, really? So it gets complicated like that when you're trying to keep it super equal. Yeah. Interesting. So a girl can hit it. Boom, boom, boom. And it'll go over. But if a guy hits it and it needs to be hit again and again, two guys can't hit it. That's out. Interesting. So, so wait, a so guy like, has to, if a guy has to hit it first and it needs to be hit again, a girl has to touch it in order to go over for it to count on a co-ed league. That's too much thinking in the in the game. But I mean, that's part of it, I guess. It's like it's like no girl, no girl, you know. And it's like ah oh, shit, dang. Because when in the moment you're like a boom, you know, and then it's just like you're trying to like hit it over, and it's like what well, two guys? Are there a lot of teams? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're all over the place. Really? So yeah. there's never a lack of of finding a game you can jump into and play. Well, you, you so you pay for these leagues. You have to sign up early because oh, gotcha. like outdoor volleyball in the summer is really popular. So like there's certain places and a lot of bar leagues that you can go in and there's a ref and everything and you pay and it's scheduled and everything like that. Wow. How much is it to play? Like to be a part of that? It's expensive. It's probably like 50 bucks a person. For the for the season, and it's a season. It's like two seasons. So you go through, and you can play fall, um, which is freezing, and then you play summer, and then you can play whatever. Like you know, so there's like three. And summer's where it's at. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Play at a uh, play on uh, lakefront out by the beach. I don't know, like, but we play. We played at Trex Tavern. Look who's here! Hi, Gigi. We're talking Hi, sports. Yes. Come on in. Welcome back. Thank you. What do I do? Oh, we'll just scooch over. We'll all just sit in here. Here. Here's this. I need to give you a hug. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Welcome back. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. So we're just, uh, we're just like kind of getting towards the end of our hour here. Y'all can both share quickly. uh, So my mom just walked in and she just got back from her Texas trip. How was that? Fabulous. I brought back some of those world famous uh, HEB homemade butter tortillas oh my god they're the best visited the uh great city of utope yeah <laughs> <laughs> i fed a stallion named thunder some carrots yeah highlight of my trip and this isn't really my voice but it's fun <laughs> <laughs> well hey you're speaking of voices you're uh you you did quite the job on crooked river Thank you. She was in the sixth episode. I can't remember the title of that episode, but it's the sixth episode. And the author reached out to me. I didn't tell you this, Amber. And she was like, I didn't, she didn't know 
I had replaced one of the actors because the audio recording of that actor was terrible. So I was like, I'm going to have my mom. No, this is a different show. I don't think you, I don't think you heard this one, but it's called Crooked River. Mm -hmm. It, it, check it out. It's on uh, podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. But the audio for this actor was terrible. The woman, it was Miss Androssi was her name. And so I was like, I can get my mom to, to do this and record better audio and it'll get her to do some voice acting, you know, get her on that, get her on that show. I'm not a big fan of voice acting. <laughs> but no, she killed it. And the author hit me up maybe last week, I guess last early last week and was like, I didn't know your mom did that. And she did a great job. I need to write more roles for her. So she's working on more shows and nice. perhaps exciting. you'll be on some more stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good Very job. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we decided to do this. We're, we're doing a pilot morning show episode. We're not sure how this is going to flow, but we're testing it out right now. And I mean, we filled an hour. We easily do that. We easily do that. We've, we've sat here for three hours. <laughs> oh, wow. So we we're like, okay, we need to do a morning show when people are driving to work. Nice. And so uh, the unfortunate side of that is we may have to do 9 a.m., Mm-hmm. So that we can do nine to ten, and by ten thirty I can get the episode up, and it's up ten nine eight thirty a.m. West Coast time, and that's when people are going to work or you know yeah. at work. So I don't know. Don't it's just it's a thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we can go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, you know, didn't you know? I didn't know uh, you were going to be coming by and. Uh, you know, if you've got more stories to tell from Texas. Had to drop off those tortillas. Oh, where did they go? To Jenny's? No, they're at your house. Oh, you brought them here. I brought them here. Oh, my God. Have you had their tortillas from I H-E-B? know you love those quesadillas. I do. They're so good. They've got the best tortillas. Oh, so They're amazing. Yeah, H-E-B is what? Like the... I can say about... I get... Well... Pretty much. Yeah, yeah pick and save are Meyer now because Meyer is almost like Walmart. And I feel like HEB's expanded into clothes and all I kinds of stuff. I remember going to Texas and I was like, hey, are we going to go to the Heb? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? And I was like, we got to get groceries at Heb. <laughs> and they're like, it's like, HEB. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> it, it doesn't it stand for Henry E. Butt? Yes. Isn't that that is weird? actually the name of the original. Henry E. Butt. It's the guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Henry E. Butt was his name. H-E-B. Yeah, he was in his branding meeting and they were like, we know you really want Henry E. Butt market, but that's just not going to work. We can't do that. We can't stand behind this. Yeah. So the yeah, H-E-B, it's H-E-B. Did you get it? Can't stand behind this. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you flew, you flew back in last night? I did. We got in about one o'clock in the morning. Oh my God. Did you yeah. have a delay? Quite a, quite a bit. That's yeah. ridiculous. It was about, I had about a four hour layover in Dallas, which I'm not going to whine and complain because I know people have had way worse layovers than that. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you do on your layover? I ate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> layovers are good for sitting at the bar. I went to Maggio's and I had this lovely salmon dinner. Nice. With a, like a lemon sauce on it and spinach. It was really good. Did you talk to anybody at the airport or 
keep to yourself? It was pretty quiet. Really? Yeah, it was really surprisingly quiet. Hmm. You're at DFW or Love? Mm-hmm. DFW. Okay. Yep. Wow, DFW is huge. Ugh. That airport is ma- Have you been to that airport? It is massive. It's a city. It's got its own zip code. Oh my God. And like, say you're flying in on American or something, you have to get on these trains that yeah. take you all the way yeah. around to these all other the sections. Concourse. It's massive. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like, I think it's bigger than the LA airport. Wait, which one LAX. are you talking about? DFW. Yeah, Dallas-Fort Worth. Oh, okay. Have you been to the Atlanta one? Because that- Yes, it's massive too. Oh my too. gosh, that's what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Having to go on a shuttle and you're like, oh my gosh, what shuttle do I, what if I go to the wrong airport? Yeah, yeah. And especially if you have a delay, mm-hmm. you're all of a sudden getting off the plane. You're like, oh, I'll just go walk to my next terminal. And you're like, no, you got to get on a damn you, train. You have to run. Yeah. Sprint. Well, you have to run to the train. Then you got to sit and it's an unmanned train. There's never a driver. It's just all, which mm-hmm. is pretty badass. I, I love yeah. that. And then, uh, and then you got to run once you, you know, get off the train, then you got to mm-hmm. run to the next thing and you're passing like you know, at least 20 Starbucks along the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and McDonald's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what is it? Hudson Everyone's News. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> Mc, yeah. McDo- <laughs> no. McPucles. Mc- <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But nice. So, so you got in at one and then Jim picked you up? Yeah, he did. Dang. He was quite the trooper. He even came inside. Didn't wait uh, wait for me Aww. to get my luggage and come out. He was he's such a great guy. Did he make a poster? <laughs> Not this round. <laughs> Highly like, disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> so Jim, I'm if have to uh, dump him after six weeks of marriage. <laughs> so Jim, if you're listening, you want to call in right now. We can get you on the line. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, eventually we want to do this live, which we can have live callers. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah have people talking trash. Mm-hmm. Asking me why I don't have a Milwaukee accent yet. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. cover that for you. <laughs> I was going to say I can compensate. Don't, don't even worry. We got it for you. Don't you know? <laughs> she's popping cheese curds while she says that. Um, well, let's wrap it up. But not in my mouth. <laughs> 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 We covered, I think we talked about assholes quite a bit on this, on this episode. We talked about bidets, pubes. pubes. Well, we were talking about how people in Florida are having to like prep for the storm coming in. And so they're recommending people fill their bathtubs with water. And it's like, what if you, you know, needed to take a bath mid, you know, you've got no power for a week and you're just locked in your place. You decide to just marinate in your, in your drinking water. But then you're like, oh, I need to make some tea. Ooh. So you got pubt. Yummy. <laughs> we're disgusting like that. We're gross. Yeah, we are. We're nasty. Yeah, and that's why we're here in MKE. It's the only place that we can survive with this kind of <laughs> polluted mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, we've got little man here with us. So if you heard some snorting in the background, it wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't a ghost <laughs> or a demon. It was my French bulldog, Riley. Yes, Riley's in the house with us. He's so freaking cute. And he's staring up at Gigi right now. Oh. Staring into my eyes. Staring. Well, we want to, let's wrap it up. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, for episode one, I think this was a, uh, a total win. We had a, a badass guest appearance, spontaneous uh, yeah. guest appearance by Gigi Trudeau. That's exciting. 
Gail Trudeau in the house. Where that came from. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Oh, we will have Gail on many a times. Regular. She will be coming in on this one. Are you saying I'm irregular? <laughs> <laughs> And now, Gail with weather. (laughs) We got to do it. We got to fuck it out. (laughs) That's going to be a thing. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening. We're going to be back with more episodes. We're going to figure this out as we go. Let us know what you like, don't like. If you want us to cover stories, if you want to call in or hit us up with an email. For now, you can email uh, elftreepublishing at gmail.com. And uh, we'll eventually have our own email for this show specifically. Um, but yeah, and, and a website maybe down the road. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Yes. And uh, thanks for listening. And we hope thanks, you have guys. a fantastic day at work. Have a good day. Yeah. And if you're in Florida, uh, good luck. And get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Run. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> As the storm approaches, the storm is like, no, no, no. I hope you all stay so I can eat you up. Yeah. Okay. That's that's enough of that. We're done. We're done. See ya. Bye. Oh, we need a sign off. What's that going to be? What would be a good Midwestern? Mid K. I don't know. M K E. Oh, I don't know. Should it be M K? Bye. Bye. Sun with you.